Incredible. It's an honor to be with you here. Um, Tom mentioned my name's Pete, and I'm uh, the campus pastor at Elam Church in Belfast, and uh, such an honor. My wife Sarah and I, um, we, we've had the privilege of knowing Pastors Tom and Suze um, through some very strategic moments. I just want to take just a few moments just to honor them. And um, I remember I, I did a church ministry internship through Elam Leadership College um, a while ago. And uh, there was one particular moment, Tom was praying for me, just released ministry over my life. It was just, just exactly the right time. And he's done that um, for us for just, you know, at very strategic times. And I feel like this morning is one of those special strategic times. I feel like it's special for me, and I'm just believing that, that what I've got to share with you is special for you too. I believe this is going to be a breakthrough moment. You know, the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, you've got, uh, you've got many guardians in the faith, but not many fathers. And so, Tom, I know when you prayed for me that first time, I'm going to probably tear up, and I've got to try and preach a message after this. But I remember you prayed, that's just the Father's heart, um, from your heart to mine. I just honor you for that, and I honor you, um, yeah, for the way you've sown into my life as a spiritual father. I'm grateful to have you. Amen. Yeah. I want to share with you a message this morning, church, called Don't Waste a Winter. Don't Waste a Winter. Uh, with the thought that I think we're wise to embrace uh, winter preparation seasons, seasons when, the, when all of the glitz and the leafy growth of spring is gone, but God's still doing something. It doesn't look productive, but it is. It's those winter preparation moments, those hard times in life, um, and where we're wise to embrace them rather than resist them. Uh, Jesus was talking about this kind of thing. I want to share the scripture with you and then... And then I'll just share a little bit about myself so that you can get to know me. But this is the scripture I want to share with you today. Jesus has this great scripture. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Well, that's just really encouraging from the start that the Lord is actually a gardener. And he's kind of interested in your life and he's tending you. And he says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Oh, that's not so so encouraging, but this is what it says. This is where it really gets to you, and this is kind of like where he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, praise God, called in the, in, under that category, he prunes so that it would be even more fruitful. He prunes. He gets out his trimming shears. I mean, you guys are in, in grape country, right? And I don't know if you, if you know this. I've only just learned this, but when somebody prunes a, a grape vine, uh, they're, not, they're not just taking a few sticks off, right? They're like, trim it right back to the stump. And this is the kind of image that Jesus is saying. He says he prunes. So Jesus is teaching us about the uncomfortable winter season. He says, if he loves you, he's going to prune you. He prunes those he loves. I want to encourage you, don't waste the winter preparation season. You know, as a Kiwi bloke, I fancy myself something of a DIYer, and, uh, but it wasn't always as, as good at DIY as I have been. I've built some pretty shonky things in the past, and the first fence that I built, I, I got out there, and I, um, I dug the holes, and then I got my posts, I chucked them in the holes, and I made sure that there was enough concrete in the holes, and then I built this fence, and then I, I, I finished building this fence, and I looked down this, what should be a beautiful straight fence. But it went zigzag, left, right, left, right, left, right, down my property. And I realized that what I'd forgotten to do uh, was to run a string line from one end to the other. 
And if you're running string lights, you've got to run them at the bottom, and you've also got to run them at the top of your fence so that your posts don't go like that. And I, I, I've forgotten to run this string line. In my zeal for productiveness and feeling like I was working hard and feeling like I was actually getting somewhere with this fence, in my zeal for it, I forgot to go through the preparation stage. Running a string line actually takes quite a long time. It's the preparation stage that we're wise to embrace. It doesn't feel productive. It feels like winter. It feels cold. It might not feel like the presence of God isn't as with you as he has been in the past, but it's the preparation winter. Don't waste the winter. You know, painting a house uh, has three rules, I'm told. I haven't painted a house, but I'm told that there are three rules, and they are, I don't know if you know, it's preparation, preparation, preparation. The actual painting, the applying of the paint to the house is only a small part of actually painting your house. There are things that God will call you to in a preparation phase that you will only see the benefit of later. It will not be exciting in the moment. You might not feel overly productive, but it is a winter preparation season. You know, winter is a fascinating season when it comes to the life of trees. As long as the ground is not rock-solid frozen, the roots of a tree will continue to grow in winter. They'll continue to grow. In fact, all of the, there's a whole lot of growth that happens in winter to trees. You just can't see it. It's all internal. Winter is a time of a tree for internal growth. It's a season of preparation. You know, as, um, as, as men, but I think as all people, we struggle when we go through times where we don't feel productive, when our productivity drops. For you, it might be a season of grief over a loss that has come, and you struggle to, to, to function at the high level that you've been able to in the past. For a season, it's just not possible to do what you used to do, and it can be hard to admit it might be that you yourself are needing to focus more on your family or, or, or more on your own wellness for a season. And that means that you can't work those late hours or volunteer like you used to. And it's hard to admit that you've got to withdraw from some things because God has placed you in a winter season. You know, the winter season is a test. The winter seasons are often testing times where we've got to answer once and for all in our lives, will we trust God when what he's doing does not feel overly productive? You know, in 2015, I quit my job to do a church ministry internship, and I know that doesn't sound like strategically really great advice, but for me, it was the best thing I've ever done. And um, I was a high school teacher. I'd been teaching for seven years, and I felt like a young professional. Just in my life, Sarah and myself, we were young professionals, and I left, left my job to take up a ministry internship where my level of responsibility, at least at the start, was low and unimpressive. I can't count the number of times where people uh, talked to me as if what I was doing was the most unwise thing anybody could ever do. The test of that season, which lasted a couple of years, was the question of this. Am I okay in trusting God when the growth in my life is all internal? There is no salary. 
I wasn't particularly grateful for that part of the calling. <laughs> there was no title. There was no external opportunities. It was a winter preparation season, and it was a test. God will lead us into times like that. You know, King David was led into times like that. As a teenager, he had this incredible experience where the prophet Samuel came to his house, saw all of his brothers, and said, there's got to be somebody else because these guys ain't it. I don't know if you're, if you're a brother with, you've got older brothers, that is fantastic. That's great. I would love to be, you know, saying, don't worry about these guys. This guy's my man. So that's his experience. And he gets anointed king of Israel, and God makes him wait nearly 15 years before he saw the promise. And some of those times of waiting, he was hiding in caves with outcasts as his friends. And in that time, he got a revelation that he couldn't have got from the palace. This is what he says in Psalm 18, verse 1 and 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. The Lord is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and, uh, and, and horn of my salvation, my stronghold. How does he know that that's true? He knows that's true because he woke up, I'm just imagining in my mind, on a Monday morning, and he needed the Lord as his salvation. He found himself in a pit of discouragement, and he needed to know that the Lord was his refuge. And guess what? God was his refuge in those times of trouble. He found himself in a winter season, and he got a revelation for the closeness and the goodness of God that he could not have got from the palace. He passed the test. King Saul, on the other hand, didn't pass the test. That's kind of the comparison in Scripture of their lives. One particular moment early in, in Saul's uh, leadership, he's, uh, he rallies an army to fight the Philistines. And when the Philistines turn up for battle, the Bible says that they were soldiers as numerous as the seashore. So Saul kind of freaks out, and he knows he needs the hand of God in order to, to actually win the battle. And uh, so, so he does what he should do, actually, to start with. He does what he should do, which is call the, uh, the prophet Samuel to come and intercede for him so they might have the blessing of God in the coming battle. But God has a test for him because the test wasn't, in fact, whether he would call Samuel. The test was how long he would wait for Samuel before he took matters into his own hands. And he waited for Samuel. And Samuel was slow in coming and slow in coming. And then Saul took matters into his own hands and offered the sacrifice himself. Samuel turns up, he says this in, in chapter 13, verse 13. He says, you have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. For you have not kept the Lord's command. It was a winter experience. It was a preparation moment. We Saul had to choose whether to trust God or trust himself, but he couldn't choose both. The question really was, that would he trade the visible strength of man for the invisible power of God? You and I face that same question every day. Will we trade the visible strength of man, the things that we can touch, 
feel and see that number on your bank balance, those strengths that, that, that are in your hand, the skills that you have? Will you trust them or will you trust the power of God to move in your life? You know, my, my heart for, for the message this morning is that maybe there are some people who are going through hard experiences right now. Maybe there are some people here and you're going through a winter experience and you're online and you're watching this because you just can't even get out of bed and, and face coming down to church, but you've chosen to, to log in online and I honor you for that. And it might be hardship that you're facing and you're struggling to find God and you're wrestling with what it means to to trust God, and He hasn't made a way out of the hardship yet, and you don't quite know what all that means. Might be a period of time where you're struggling to hear from God like you have in the past. And God's kind of lead you in, in new ways and in fresh ways. But you're still struggling to hear from Him. Maybe life has shifted for you. And there were things that you used to do to feel like a contributor to your family and to society that you can't do anymore. Maybe even uh, life is, you're growing old and you're finding yourself in this situation where all of the things that you would like to do and the energy that you would like to have, you don't currently have. And you're wondering what it means to live without those things in your life. If you're in a winter season right now, I want to encourage you. This is a normal experience. It's an experience that God gifts us. God leads us in. And part of my heart this morning is to come against the lie that you and I believe often, which is that hardship comes from failure. That's a lie. We often think that. It, it, it pops out in our prayers when we say, uh, we say to God, God, I've been so good. I've been working so hard. Why would you send this thing into my life? And it's based on this idea that, that as long as I work hard enough and I do more and if I kind of just focus enough and pray hard enough, then I'm not going to experience hardship in my life. But it's a lie because God prunes those He loves. Scriptures teach us that, that often God allows us and actually calls us into challenging times. If you read the passage about Jesus walking on water, you'll notice that Jesus called the disciples to go out on the lake knowing that there was a storm coming. So I want to share with you today just three purposes. These aren't all the purposes. These are just three that spoke to me, and I believe they'll speak to you. For hard times, for winter seasons. Winter seasons bring an opportunity for closeness with God. When have you felt most close with the Father? Was it when you had all the strength you needed day to day to do what you needed to do? Was it when your finances were able to cover your expenses and you weren't feeling stretched? Or was it when you only had enough because God was providing for you each moment of the day? Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters... I will be with you. God is speaking to us and he's saying, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. He's not saying, when, I'm just, I've got this picture in my mind of the floodwaters coming down the river here and, he's, and it's, it's, it's turbulent and it's dangerous and nobody with half a brain would ever go anywhere near it and you're standing at the edge of these turbulent waters and God is saying, 
because I am with you, we can walk through these things. It's not that I'm going to pick you up and and ferry you to the other side of the river. It's that I'm going to walk with you and we will be enough because I am with you. It's a closeness with God that we can only get in these times. You know, a few years ago, there was one particular time in my life where where I, I, I suffered an injustice. At the time, it felt like quite an extreme injustice, and I, I was struggling to understand why. And the way I dealt with it was I stand at this bathroom window where there was nobody around, and I would verbally process to the Lord out loud as if he was just a mate standing there with me. And I just process the heartbreak, the disappointment, the anger, the injustice of the situation. It was a winter season but I'm not sure if I've ever had a closer time with God when I had to talk with them as they talk with a friend every night just to survive. It was a winter season. Second thought for you today is that winter seasons are a time of closeness with the Lord, and that's why he calls us into those things. But also, winter seasons are perspective shifting. They're perspective shifting. Paul the Apostle was an incredible man of God, and he was, he was unfairly criticized. I'm not sure if I could do this as a pastor, but he was, he was put in prison for his obedience to Jesus. He's put in prison, and, and some people in the church, they responded by trying to grab hold of the power that he carried within the church. Power-hungry Christians. And they tried to grab hold of it by unfairly criticizing him. Perhaps saying, the reason Paul's in prison is because God's taken his blessing off him. He is being unwise. Maybe saying things like that. And so Paul responds in Philippians chapter 1, verse 17. He says, now talking about these people, these selfish, uh, power-hungry Christians. And one of the things I love about the word of God is that it's true to nature, right? Because today... We have some power-hungry Christians that go around trying to uh, seize the gospel for their own means. Not in this church, of course, but uh, maybe somewhere else, I don't know. But um, this is what it says. Paul says this, uh, The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is, is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. What an incredible perspective. He's saying, you can put me in prison, and you can call me all kinds of names, and you can preach Christ, and you don't actually love him like you should, but I'm going to rejoice not only because you're doing what you're doing, but because you're preaching Jesus. Even though you're preaching against me, you're preaching against me and preaching for Christ. And so I'm going to rejoice because you're preaching Christ. It's perspective shifting. He's saying, what's, it's not what's best for me that matters. You can put me in prison. You can take away my friends. You can take away my money. You can take away my legacy can take away my freedom, but I'm going to rejoice because, because Christ is being preached. You know, Corrie Ten Boom, I don't know if you know her story, but she was somebody in World War II who suffered uh, immensely for Jesus. 
during the, the 40s, her and her family were living in, in Holland and they would, they would rescue Jews and they would hide Jews and then release them to safety. And her and her family uh, saved, helped save over 800 Jewish people until their arrest in February of 1944. The Gestapo came to their house and they arrested the whole family along with a whole lot of other people. And they placed their whole family in a concentration camp where her father, elderly father, died after just 10 days at the camp. Corrie and her sister Betsy lived in this, in this camp. In December of 1944, in the concentration camp, Betsy died. She died, and on her deathbed, she, she told Corrie this statement. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. There is no pit so deep. They can't dig their way out of the presence of God. He's saying, she's saying that you can take me, you can take my family, and you can kill my father, and you can place us in one of the darkest places spiritually known to man in the history of the world. And I will still find the presence of the Holy Spirit in that place. Come on, somebody, declare it with me this morning. I can go into the dark pit and I can find uh, the, the, the presence of God in that place. I can see that the church is still advancing. I'm just getting passionate right now. You can see the church still advancing in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany. You can find the peace of God in that place. There is no pit so deep that the presence and the weight and the power and the blessing and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ can't go. You can't dig a hole that disappears the presence of God. And because she's saying, and because I went into that dark place, I can tell you that there is no place in your life that God is not deeper still. God will follow you into the darkest of all places just to show you that He exists in those places as well. I heard a pastor who's in the States struggle with depression, went on medication. He's a pastor of a very large church. He asked the Lord, why? God said, so that you can help people who are also in that place, so that I can show my glory, that because I'm going to take you out of that place, people will be able to look at you and say, you know, there's hope for me too. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Why has God called you into the season? Partly because there's a, a special revelation that he has from his heart just for you. My final thought for you today is this, is that part of the purpose of a winter season in your life, I'm not trying to explain your pain or Explain your tragedy or brush it aside. But just to give you perspective to see as God is moving in all things. And the final thought for you today is this, is that it is preparation for what is to come. Good news of a winter season is they make way for the new growth of spring. You don't get the exciting new growth of spring without the internal preparation of winter. This doesn't come. 
You don't get the resurrection of Jesus without the winter of crucifixion. You don't get the glory of inspired scripture without the hardship and the persecution of the apostles. That's why Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells us this. And we know in all things, in all things, God moves, uh, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That tells us that if you're in a situation and you're yet to see good come out of it, it means by definition God promises that that story is not over. If you're yet to see the good that God has promised you, it just means that it's on the way. It means the ice is starting to melt and spring will be here soon. Your story is not over. If you're only seeing winter, spring is on its way. Just wanna just wanna say, you know, you might you might be thinking here, Pete, why why don't you come all the way from Christchurch just just to bring this message? And I really, the reason why, and I'd like to tell you this now, it's been the reason from the beginning. The reason why is because I feel that this, in a prophetic sense, there has been a, a stirring in me, and I want to declare a prophetic word over you, over the Blenheim, over this nation. And I believe this is true. I want to declare it prophetically today. This is being recorded, so you can go back and hold me to account later if you feel this is not of the Lord. But this is what I feel. I believe in my spirit that the church in New Zealand, and this is true here in Blenheim, is in a preparation season. The last three years have been challenging. And God and His providence has been refining through difficulty his people for a specific purpose. Like gold is refined through heat, God has been refining and working in this season. The growth may not have been visible, but it has been internal. And when the time is right, in the next season ahead, we will see a move of God in our nation and in your life and in this church and in the town of Blenheim that has its faith roots in the faithfulness of His church in this current season. Say that last bit again. We will see a move of God in our nation that has its roots in the faithfulness of His church during this winter season. So as we close, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up now. There is a legacy on the other side of your faithfulness. You know, your church community will see the fruit of your faithfulness during these challenging times. They will be blessed because of it. Your family and your marriage will see the fruit of your perseverance during this winter season. It might not be visible yet, but press in and persevere. You will see it. You might not see the good that God is bringing out of it, but He is still at work. And His promise is that He will bring good out of every hardship, every difficulty for those people who loved Him. You know, everyone faces winter seasons. Don't waste yours. There is closeness with God at a new level. 
There is preparation. There's revelation, sorry, from his heart just for you. And this season is a preparation for something that is ahead that you will see good come of every situation. So I want to pray for you today. Close your eyes. Let's pray together. God, we bring our whole selves to you today. We bring our real selves. We bring ourselves that are going through hard times. And we've been keeping up a brave face and but well, we bring those selves to you. And Lord, at times we don't understand what you're doing. But we choose to accept your presence instead of a pain-free existence. Thank you that your word says that you're with us through the waters. We choose to accept your presence. Would you teach us and lead us so that we would not waste the winter by resisting it, but that in embracing the season that we're in, we would find ourselves embracing you as well.